Is this game good for two players? It says on the box it's good for two players, so it's got to be good for two players, right? My name's Jonathan, and this is the Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to know. This week, we're going to talk about those little numbers on the side of the game box, and how sometimes they lie to you. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast. Joining me this week, Mr. Steve Tassie. Hola. And Mr. Scott Emerson Moyle. Good afternoon. So, gentlemen, have you ever been lied to by a game box? Hells yes. Yeah, two-player Bonanza? Two-player Bonanza. So, Bonanza, the, the best game about bean farming ever published. Yeah. One Without of the best, question. Absolutely. And one of the best trading games. It's all about trading cards and so on. So you're negotiating, you're making deals. It's Why would you ever play that with just two people? Well, and it's a whole alternate rule set, the bean duel, uh, which I tried <sighs> once and then went, nope. nope did did you feel betrayed? I, I felt a little hurt. I felt a little lied to. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's deeply sad. Steve, have you, have you experienced this tragic event? This is why we have blue stickers. Right. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen uh, in the audience, uh, and, and, and other folks as well, uh, we have blue stickers on some of the games in our library. Those blue stickers are eff- effectively everybody in the cafe's little indication that, yes, this game is designed to work okay with two players. If there's no blue sticker on a box, then it doesn't work with two. We, uh, at the other day at work at uh, Snakes and Lattes College, there were two people playing Catan. Just getting set up, I poked my head in and said, Hi, I'm Scott the Guru. Uh, are you aware that Catan doesn't really work with two players? And one of the people at the table said, Yeah, but, I mean, there's just two of us, so... And I looked at the 1,200 games that she was (laughs) sitting directly next to and looked back at her, and then I walked away. We will return to this question. (laughs) We will return to this question near the end of the episode. Um, we're going to look into some of the reasons behind this. Why game boxes feel compelled to lie to us. Now, in the case of Settlers of Catan, it's actually honest. They say three four players on the box. That is actually correct. Absolutely, it's fine with three or four. Not so good with two. People want to play it with two anyway. Um, once again, we're going to be coming back to that later. But let's look into the reasons why the number two appears on that box. Yeah, we all three of us have had extensive experience working retail, working at game stores, sure, selling yep. board games. So. We've- Worked at multiples of the same store. We have, indeed. So, when people... Currently and consecutively. (laughs) When a a customer comes up to you and says, what game should I get? Uh, You ask them some questions. And one of the first questions you ask is, how many players, right? What do they say? Every time. What do they say? Always. They don't know. Or two or more. Or, you know, any number. The number two comes up more often than any other, though. Absolutely. And um, so, obviously... You know, did you ever try to tell them that a game that's good for two is usually not so good for more than two and vice versa? Uh, no, I just direct them towards the games that do work for two or but if, more. But, but if they say that uh, you know, if, if it's good for two, we want something that's for you know, two to four-ish type thing, you don't actually try to do the thing? Uh, oh, if, if they have a specific game in their hands that is blatantly terrible for one of those number counts, <laughs> then yeah, I will... I will recommend they go somewhere else but if someone just says to me i'm looking for a game that's good for two to four players yeah uh i I will ask some more questions but i will filter anything out that no matter how great a game it is if it doesn't work two to four i'm not going to recommend it to them i will Mm. i will give them things that actually do work two to four whether it's something meaty like say fury of dracula uh which uh works anywhere from two to five, mm-hmm. or something lighter like Carcassonne or Cacao. Uh, but I, I will not 
I will do everything I can to prevent someone from buying a game that is not going to work for them. Yeah. Whatever reason, if it's player count, if it's thematically, if they say, oh, I hate zombie games, I'm not going to let them walk out of the store with a zombie game. <laughs> no matter how good I think that game is, I'm not going to try to convert them to a particular theme because uh, that's not our job. Our job is to make sure they have a game that's going to work for them. I have this tendency, I, usually when somebody asks for a game for two to four players, maybe this is a mistake for me to do this, but I try to actually say that you know most games that are good for two are not so good for more than two and vice versa. So if you want something that's good for that entire range, then that really makes my job a lot easier because it narrows it down a great deal. There aren't that many games in comparison that are good for all these numbers. I, again, I don't know if that's a mistake or not. but It depends on the genre. Mm. Right, Heavily depends on the genre. There aren't a lot of good two-person trading games. There are a lot of good you know, worker placement games that scale beautifully. Let's actually talk about uh, some of these genres then and uh, sort of go over it one at a time. Now, there are a few ways that games will manage this. Sometimes they'll have... Um, uh, uh, sometimes they'll be just for two players. Sometimes they'll just be for more than two. Sometimes they'll sort of shoehorn in a two-player variant Ooh. like they do with Bonanza. Um, or the dummy player... Exactly, like, right. they, do, like they do with Alhambra. Actually names its dummy player Dirk after the designer. <laughs> Adorable. So let's take a look at some of the, some examples of different genres of games and see how well they work. Well, there, there are two types of party games. There's who did what games, like Cards Against Humanity and Things, and then there's guess the word games, like charades and taboo and something. So um, who did what games? Don't work at all for two people. They're... You did what? Yeah, there exactly. I went. Or, or I did. Uh, it, I've gone so far as to label uh, all of the um, Cards Against Humanity boxes at Snakes and Lattes Annex with a sticker that says, I'm terrible for two people. Please go find a game that works for two. Game of the blue sticker. Uh, and that still doesn't stop people. In fact, I, I walked by a table that had the box on the table. One of them read the sticker out loud to the other and then said, Oh, that's. <laughs> And they opened the box and, and tried to play uh, the game for two. And I don't understand why people are wasting their time. Well, I mean, if they're having fun, right? Sometimes people just make a fort with the contents of Jenga. Right on, kids. Or they'll and stack up kids, some I dominoes mean, uh, in a row and knock them over. Yeah, I don't Sure, care. there's no wrong way to have fun. But there sure as heck are wrong ways to play games. <laughs> I don't know. As long as you're enjoying yourself and no one's getting hurt, go ahead and cards against humanity any way you like. And you know, when it comes to uh, guess the word games, you would think that something like charades or taboo, or any game where I'm trying to get my teammate to guess a word, is obviously not going to work with two. And generally speaking, it doesn't. But you know which party game I did to bring up for two players more than any other? Concept. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. The interesting thing about those games is to play them as a game. With winners and losers, doesn't work for two people at all. But to play them as an experience, yeah, as an activity, sure, great. activity still works. Yeah, taboo. Maybe not taboo because there's supposed to be a judge over your shoulder yeah, making sure watching you don't you. say one of the bad you words. You can self police, but that. yeah, you can self police it. And most people do. They'll say a word. Oh crap, that's on the card. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as an activity, a lot of those guessing games work just fine. Um, but they're not. At that point, games. All right, so let's, uh, let's 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 move on to more hardcore game type stuff here. You mentioned worker placement games a moment ago, stuff like Lords of Waterdeep and Agricola. These games scale really, really well with different players. Alien Frontiers uh, plays great with two and great with four. Usually, they do this by making the board larger or smaller. Yeah. Same trick they do with Ticket to Ride using the double roots. Um, Although um, 
I suppose it's effectively the same as making the board larger or smaller, but Waterdeep changes the number of workers you have, mm -hmm. which is just a coming at the same problem from a different direction. Yep. So then we've got uh, deck building games like Dominion or Trains. Many of them are great for two, although I think Trains uh, suffers from... Because not... the board has a little bit too much space in it. Yeah, it, it, it and specifically certain mechanics uh, don't really work like with two players. Like blocking people off? Uh, yeah, like, once you've gone into a city that another person is in, basically all you've done is nullify that city as far as its value. Hmm. And to me, that's not good. There are expansion sets for trains that sort of address this a little bit, but out of the box, just the base game, yeah, it definitely does have problems that other deck-building games don't have. So then we've got uh, dudes on a map game, stuff like Risk or Kemet or Cyclades. Um, when the map scales, it's usually great. And when the map doesn't scale... Then you're playing two-player risk until the end of time. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think it's not so much about the size of the map as it is the way you win. And something like Risk, where you have to take over a certain amount of territory to win, it's a problem. And something like Nexus Ops, where you have to score a certain number of points to win, mm -hmm. it's actually just fine. Yeah, similarly, Small World, uh, it mm -hmm. does both, right? It's, it's a point-driven, you've got to have more points than anyone else in a timeline, but it also scales the board. And the number of turns. And then there yeah. are the rare cases like War of the Ring where the game is designed for two and the box lies and tells you that it could be for two to four. And it's not for two to four. It's for two players only. Yeah, the four-player adaptation is very weird. Not a lot of fun. It's strange. It's, it seems like there wouldn't be a lot of money in that. But I guess in that case, it's not that they're, that they're not marketing it towards casual sorts who want games for two. They're marketing it towards the hardcores who want games for three or four. The guy who designed Black Fleet, mm -hmm. terrific pirate game, um, three or four players though. three or four players only he got on board game geek where people were saying how do we do this two players does anybody have a good hack for it he jumped on and said the uh, the manufacturer or the publisher really wanted me to do a two-player variant there was a lot of pressure and i held my ground and we published the thing i wanted to make um but he actually came out and said that there was pressure to do it because marketing Yep. They just want to be able to sell it to more they humans. Have to be able to put that number yes two harder. on the box. Exactly. Um, he did then chime in with, not that you should play it with two, but if you were going to, here's how I would do it. And I've played his two-player variant, and that's actually terrific. <laughs> um, you just hit, you get two fleets. Okay, fair enough. You're, and so it's your smallest fleet that... Uh, you're just playing doubles with yourself. Sure. Move either pirate and either merchant on your turn. That seems fine. Yeah. Uh, what about cooperative games? Obviously, Pandemic is going to be just as good with two as any other. But uh, something like Hanabi... With, uh, with the hidden information. Does that, does that work as well with two as it does with a larger group? I think it plays better with more people, but it doesn't play badly with two. Mm. It has very different considerations. It's like, on my turn, I tell you a thing, and then you act based on that, and then it's my turn again, so I probably tell you another thing, and you act on that, and pretty soon, I know nothing, and you're the only one who's able to act. It's easy to fall in that hole, yeah. What's, I think, better, a smarter way to play it, two-player, is... I tell you something on your turn, you tell me something on my turn, then you act on what I told you, then I act on what uh, you told me, um, rather than, I mean, the, the natural inclination when playing Hanabi is, oh, you told me something, therefore I should act on it immediately. Right. Whereas if you're just playing two, it, there really has to be more give So and it take. calls for an adjustment in strategy rather yeah. than an adjustment in rules. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, then there are other co-op games like Witness that simply won't work with any number other than four. It's just four, yeah. yeah. Um, what about one against many games? Games like Last Night on Earth, Fury of Dracula, Tragedy Looper. Yeah, uh, I think one against many, some will work. Uh, I'm not sure about Tragedy Looper. Um, but well, a big part of that is the way that communication works between yeah. the many. And mm. losing that is a bit of a shame. The... Um, 
the other two you mentioned, I really enjoy playing two-player. Mm-hmm. Having a team of all the vampire hunters or a team of all the zombie survivors, that's sure. very And satisfying. that works with Letters from Whitechapel. It works for mm-hmm. Scotland Yard. The one thing about Fury of Dracula when playing with just two people, and I imagine similar games, um, when you're playing with multiple people, the hunters have to talk to each other and Dracula gets to listen. Right. Um, in a two-player version, I think it's more challenging for Dracula because the player doesn't need to have a conversation outside of their own head to convince Van Helsing to do what Mina wants Although they do, do. Have, uh, have to have more to keep track of, so I suppose there's more likelihood of human errors. Yeah, can... sure, but uh, from a, just from a strategy standpoint... And from an experience standpoint. Yeah. It's... yeah the idea of having Dracula's spies be everywhere listening yeah. to what we say. Mm-hmm. That's kind of awesome. Uh, all right, negotiation games, obviously. Games like On the Boss or Monopoly. Yeah, no. No, no, no. I no. don't know why anyone would play such games two-player, and yet we see countless two-player games of Monopoly at the cafe. I think that's just familiarity. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely it is. And, and I mean, that's, that's why people play Monopoly at all, mm-hmm. regardless of the player count. Sure. Is people, there are people out there who don't know enough about games to risk going beyond what they know. Yeah, they're, they're afraid of making mistakes. Yeah. So then we have dexterity games like Jenga. Perfect for two. There's no problem whatsoever. Animal upon animal. It's, it's either I lose or, or you lose. Is, you is, is there a dexterity game that doesn't work with two? I don't, I don't think there I is. cannot conceive of one. The genre seems to be really, really well suited to small groups, especially two players. Abstract games are the same way. Via Paletti's not as good with just two people. I agree. Via Paletti's uh, definitely mm, more fun with four. Yeah. It is. I mean, three is a weird player count because there's that neutral color. Uh, but three yeah, is a weird count for a lot of games. Yeah. Four, four is the perfect number for Via Paletti. Um, but most dexterity games, I would absolutely say do it with two. Open season, yeah. yeah. Now, obviously... Board games are a difficult business with narrow margins. Manufacturers have to make money every which way they can. Uh, they, in some cases, may fib a little bit, which is deeply unfortunate. I mean, putting a number two on the box for Seven Wonders, oh, guys, what are you thinking? Yeah. Um, but the fact is that there's a ton of pressure on them to put that two on the box. There's even a very prominent board game reviewer, a lovely fellow named Richard Hamm, who plays almost exclusively two-player games. And if you want him to be able to play and review your game you kind of have to include a two-player variant. He doesn't have a big regular game group, so he can't usually review games for more than two. So here's the question. When Richard Hamm is doing that, is it better to uh, to have no Richard Hamm review of your game or to have a review of your game by him that says, I don't know what they were thinking. This is bad. <laughs> I'd rather have no review. Yeah, that actually sounds like a better plan. What surprises me the most is when a game company puts three to blank Right. on the box when it's just fine for two. Concept, yep. a good example. Banana Macho. Scotland there's Yard. no reason you can't play Banana oh, Macho banana with just awesome two people. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there's no waiting around. There's no downtime in a two-player game of Banana Macho. So yeah, that's the weirdest. I get why they lie about it being good for two, and I get why they really try to do anything they can to make it acceptable for two so that they can put that number on there. Why not put a two if <laughs> when it, it actually works? does work for it? I don't get well, it. so okay, if let's let's see if we can provide some consumer advisory here. Apart from becoming a big expert on games and knowing all this stuff that you know us bigwigs know about, 
Um, how can people, what, what resources can people use to find out whether or not it actually is a good idea to play this game with a certain number of players? If they're not afraid of horrible graphic design, uh, <laughs> boardgamegeek.com uh, is a great source for information. They have a segment on every single game entry that is best with blank number. Uh, there'll be recommendations for how many players there'll be and it's absolutely at its best with this number Uh, so right there listed with playtime and you know works with and best with Um, another resource is to trust the people at their local gaming store Mm. where I know a lot of people buy online these days and yes it's often cheaper but you're not getting the expertise now I'm not saying go to um, you know Toys R Us and expect that you're going to get customer service with exacting knowledge. But go to your nearest small game retailer, whether it's Snakes and Lattes or another board game cafe or just a uh, you know a hobby store, a comic book store that sells games. Those people will know the games. You don't work in a store like that without being a gamer. Trust your experts. That's it for this week. If there's a topic you'd like to hear about, tweet it to us at SnakesCast, and we'll probably actually do an episode about it. Steve, Scott, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Of course, thank you. The SnakesCast is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. Opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. Until next week, game on. Game on.